Also, just throwing this on mic so I have the reminder. Current episode title candidate is MC Rove. It's fine. It's good, but if I have nothing better by the end of this edit, then I've got that. I'll probably say some regrettable shit we could name our episode after. It's fine. You and I, I both. Mean, it happens happens every episode, so yes. <laughs> just title our episode in all caps, a warning contains regrettable content. I mean, that's just the whole network. Yeah. Content warning up front for everyone before we get started. This week's episodes of Monster contain suicide, alcoholism, and PTSD. I don't really know that I can easily add a skip point for this one, but barring long discussion, you might be able to power through. Nothing too terrible goes down this week. Thank you. You are listening to Boku No Stop, an anime podcast that tearfully does not hate your father. I'm your host, Sybil Arnett, and with me this week is... Chris. And Matt. And today we're talking about Monster, episodes 25 through 27. Matt, you're back with us after the hiatus arc, so how do you feel about the stuff that you missed? Dude, like... I mean, the side stories like two episodes ago were like pretty solid, but like the last four after that with like Ava coming back and all that and like Lunge, like those fucking rip. Those are such good episodes. All right. It looks like we're all in agreement, which means it's time (laughs) to pop into episode 25, Thursday's Child. We are in Munich. A college student named Carl Newman is fucking up reading to blind rich prick slash financier Han Schuwald. Okay, so funny to me because he's making him read the Latin version instead of an English translation just so he can fucking dunk on his ability to read Latin. The thing is, and you it, don't realize that that's what, at least I couldn't tell it was going on because it's being read out in Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it, like, the names are obviously Latin. And so, when he says, oh, your Latin pronunciation sucks, it's like, what, just the names? It is incredibly funny that until we get a later reveal, it's not completely clear that, oh, right, they're all translating this on the fly to him as they read. Well, I don't think they're translating. I think they're actually just. Oh, wait, are they supposed to be translating or are they, they just are. reading the you Latin? They are. You can out see loud? when they open some of the books. Yeah, that they're Latin in there. Yeah, that's why I was thinking, like, are they translating it to Japanese so that no, people watching the show didn't have the to? No, I think they Latin directly, and the old guy spe- knows Latin because he's a rich old guy, so of course he does. That's what I thought was happening. You know, yeah, I don't think I don't think there's translating happening in real time here. 50-50. Either way. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This punk gets dunked on, and so he returns to class to see one of Schuwald's other student assistants, Lottie Frank, who talks a little trash about his pronunciation, but tries to befriend him. 
It's so funny just, that she knows about it because that means uh, Hans is uh, shit talking him to other kids. Very good. But also, again, like she's just there, like helping out around the house mm. because she's being a snoop, right? Like she's mm. not, yep. you know, she can't read. Like she says to him, like, "Oh, yeah, he doesn't let the the female students read to him." Women yep. are just there cleaning the house. Got it, Matt. That's according to Hans Schubert. Or Shuwald, Shuvald. whatever the fuck his name is. Shuvald. Yeah, Excuse I'll, me. I'll jump this up a bit. Uh, weirdly enough, on this arc, the fan subs and in one place the dub fuck around with names and places. The yeah, subs I'm make sure his name is Shuvald, according to the subs at one point. Yeah, they. Man, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I think the subs get a lot sloppier with it because they are fan subs, and some of them are just different romanizations of names they're translating from spoken Japanese. Oh, oh there's a translator's note. It's incredible. What? Yeah, I. There- I'm, yeah, there, yeah. For a brief second, there was a translator's note. I didn't catch it though because uh, spoilers. I watched like most of these episodes at like one and a half times uh, speed about twenty minutes ago. Helpful, actually, in case you didn't know what physiognomy was and didn't want to look it up. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Oh yes, which wow, is, yeah, that's a I, note. Actually, actually good. Yeah, it was I like. Cool. Hey, this is phrenology, but for if people are ugly. Yeah, I know what that is. So uh, I know exactly what scene that would have been. Yep, yep, yep. That was the first one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the subs, okay, it's different romanizations. Uh, the dub makes a weirder choice by turning Schuvald into Schubert, and they call him the Vampire of Bavaria instead of the Vampire of <laughs> Bayern. What? I, I don't know why they made that choice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's odd. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But okay. It's... it's I, I guess localization, and it's not like his name is written somewhere for it to matter in this episode, but it was real weird that I had that on in the background and did eventually get Schubert. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So if I accidentally call him Schubert, it's not my fault this time. I'm yeah, just, just Schubert. It's fine. It's a better name. Uh, whatever works for you. Yeah. How the hell are you playing Xenosaga and you can't pronounce a little bit of German? I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> You're because laughing this I dog shit. Re- I can just go in when I'm reading your notes to edit out all of the landmines and change the highlighting to make it you read the German. Ah, but I mean there the isn't fun- a lot of German. There's not a lot of German like in the actual game. It's just the titles, this motherfucker, right? Or the subtitles, okay. right? For the most part, for the most part, yeah. I mean, most of the shit is like references to like ancient Jews and like early Christianity. <laughs> Ah, yes, so. Ancient Jews, my favorite cereal, granola mix. Mmm, yes. Really dry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cereal ah. that talks back. <laughs> it argues with you. I'm <laughs> trying... open the box of the free, the free prize as a note that says, call your mother. Nice. Uh, yeah. I was reminded of Adventure Game, the Shiva, recently, and how all the... Oh, dialogue that game is prompts. so good. Yeah, just the rabbi prompt where you say the exact last thing that was said to you back as a question is oh. such a good decision. I oh. I need to play that game. I really that game, do. That game rips. Uh, so does Gemini Rue. Also check that one out. All their yeah, other games studio. are fine, but those two fucking aces. Anyhow, Shuvald only takes on male readers. He has a different one for each day of the week. He's known as the Vampire of Bayern because apparently... His manservant loads him into a hearse at 2 a.m. every day and drives him somewhere. 
Lottie has been investigating all this because she's using the man for a paper. There is no way this will end up with her getting Epstein'd. <laughs> yeah, she is extremely, like, you know she's going to get into a lot of trouble, just like the way they've characterized her. She doxed my dude before even talking to him. Yeah, yeah, there's so much of, like, you did not need to do that actually also it's hella rude to do that and then be like by the way i found out your really dark secret about your family <laughs> here's the wilder one her major isn't journalism her major is if i recall sociology so oh, she's yeah. doing all this research because she wants to do a paper about shuvald that is about the psyche of rich finance. I think it's explicitly rich financiers. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. Like, yeah, that and, was kind of like the title they saw in the I saw in the subs. But despite all that, she is constantly doing research on every single individual who has nothing to do with her major. Hey, Carl, I'm just going to look up your deep, dark past. Oh, yeah, I already found this guy's apartment listing, so we can just go over there anytime. Did you know this guy keeps going out to town at 2 a.m.? I haven't followed him yet, but I've already got the route. Yeah, no, definitely uh, big I'm going to get murdered energy. Oh, yes. But we learned that Carl is an orphan who had some rough times being fostered out growing up. He came to Munich to seek his birth mother. But, apparently, and he doesn't speak about this, Lottie digs her up, uh, Marco Langer died horribly before he arrived, and such an unpleasant end to his search broke him inside. Birth Mother is my least favorite Wolf Mother side project. I mean, how do you have a favorite Wolf Mother side project? None of them are good. Yeah, I can't think of wolf mother without thinking of mike Patton getting off stage at a music festival and turning his interview into shit talking wolf mother who began playing after him <laughs> have you ever seen that clip no it's <laughs> just mike Patton. Just like some like, shit some music site was interviewing him and they get one question out and then the band starts playing and the whole rest of this two minute clip is just him going what the fuck is that wolf mother who asked for this? Fucking wolf mother? And the interviewer cannot get anything out of him other than, fuck, wolf mother, as he walks off. <laughs> it's just all he says when they begin playing. Uh-huh. <sighs> Who wants the school of cold club? Matt can read it. All right, sure. Uh, so, yeah, the, the two of them decide to uh, team up together to figure out more about what's going on with Shuvald. However, uh, we see a shot of the school occult club, these uh, three dipshits, uh, who have a big hard-on for an old poem talking about how Thursday's child will bring ruin to the university in the current year. And there's a whole bit like, oh yeah, it's the uh, whatever number of larger years. And it was like, the oh, second larger to years. last leap year. Yeah. Se yeah. Second to last leap year. And uh, it looks like uh, the, the line says uh, the books are going to go up in flames and sadness settles over the world. So they're predicting that the school is going to burn down or at least a library is going to burn down. They think the university. Yeah, yeah. I, when I saw that, I'm like, that's got to be Shuvald's place because the university would be like a much harder thing for Johan to try to do. 
Anyway, uh, Shuvalt's visits were taking him to the door of Margot Langer, who is the mother of his illegitimate child. And there's a great translation note from the dub here. He might be up at this hour, but he's not up at this hour, if you catch my drift, is the best way to introduce he doesn't fuck me. The subs are so good, they say his little thing doesn't work anymore. Incredible. Oh, mm-hmm. that's that's the cheap way out. I love the poetry of that line. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we I don't think we described him what he looks like yet, but he's got like kind of like a Wolford Brimley uh, mustache like thing going on. And he's also like in a wheelchair at all times. Mailed directly to your door at little or no additional cost. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, the two uh, call her out on her story immediately. Uh, they say, uh, you can't be Margot Langer. Her, her uh, death was all over the papers. And she replies, uh, sure, and he knows it too, but he pays me anyway because all the money in the world can't buy a dead woman's forgiveness. Money is the only way he knows to apologize. So, I don't know, it seems like a harmless crime. Right? Yeah, when you're the richest weirdo financier in Germany. Uh, clearly, Carl is Schuwald's bastard, but someone else is claiming the same role, the Thursday reader, also pretending to be his son. Uh, Lottie has Thursdays off, but she stopped by one time to pick up something she left at the manor and says he was blonde and supernaturally handsome. Hmm. Hmm. Somehow still a surprise to me. Uh, I Monday. Love <laughs> I love that swerve. <laughs> Monday. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they, they set it up to be a swerve. Exactly. Uh, Monday, Carl has a flashback to the last time he saw his birth mother, who gave him an envelope of cash and tossed him on a train before her death. He was also handed something from his father. Scene really fucking good. It is. Mm -hmm. Again, these are brief notes because I'm trying to make these quicker, but let's linger on anything we want to talk about. Well, Well, I mean, like, she definitely makes the point of, like, oh, yeah, come back when you're older and... You know, like, don't hate don't your father. Hate he was just a yeah. guy. Yeah. And uh, the next door neighbor has already told young Carl that, yes, your mom's a whore. So he's at like eight already picking up on why she's sending him away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I don't know how. I mean, this this could be telling on myself a little bit like when uh, like the the fake Margot says, says, oh, yeah, I'm Margot. My first man seems like. They made her too ugly for her to be Margot. And you see in the flashback that, oh, yeah, his mom was actually really hot. <laughs> There's a lot of inherent judgment of her just in yeah. how she's drawn. Yeah, and I, I, I'm i not super comfortable with it, but I know they no. did that on purpose so that your first reaction would also be to doubt it. Which I, I'm not, I don't feel like I, I don't feel super great about. <laughs> I feel like that makes the story less interesting, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, but the flip side of that would be if she was also a really attractive older woman, then it would be also on the side call, of like, oh, we call what? them gilfs, gilfs, met gilfs. Okay, that uh, she would um, it, it would like make like weaponized sexuality more of a thing, like, you know, women manipulating men with with sex, which is what Ava kind of does. So like, well, I don't know. That's like, explicitly a thing of this kind of story. Yeah, Marfo yeah, is true. just uh, manipulating via guilt. Yeah, it, that's true. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't. I don't know how best to <laughs> to sort of 
deal with all that but i don't know it, these, it definitely these, was but this is a good scene yeah these kinds of crime stories are uh always explicitly about um women manipulating men more powerful than them all around them all the time yeah uh, if you want to see some of the inverse of that the criterion collection has an excellent bit of neo-noir up this month and we've recently watched the third man and the long goodbye mm-hmm. which subvert that oh long goodbye uh, is so good long goodbye is excellent I, I have... I haven't seen The Long Goodbye, but I have seen The Third Man, and that was great. Mm-hmm. There's not a bad performance from Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. You he heard did me. do a bad job as that robot. I don't know. Have you heard his quote talking about being the robot? It's amazing. No, It's so funny to me that that's his last role. Incredible. Oh, his last interview has him describing it, and he says... I play a toy who eats other toys. Apparently, I am the size of a planet, which, if you look down at me, is not much of a stretch. Hollywood does not trust me much in my uh, dying days. Fucking just... Ugh, my man knew the score. I, I just love a toy that eats other toys. It's exquisite. And it's not wrong at all. No. Uh... So, elsewhere, Lottie is moving the plot, and she found out who the Thursday boy is. It's Edmund Farron. Um, They go to try to confront him after one of his classes, and Edmund was absent that day. On the Tuesday, Carl goes in for his weekly read, and this time, Shuwal doesn't shit-talking him. They have a um, short conversation about Carl's past, where where Shuwal asks, Would you like to meet your real parents? And Carl asks, is uh, money all that matters to you in your world? And he just goes, yeah, actually. And uh, on, the way, on Carl's way out, Shuwold praises him, saying, your Latin is much improved. On Wednesday, Farron is absent again. And on Thursday, they figure, well, we've just got him. We'll wait outside Shuwold's place. But he doesn't even show. An hour later, Lottie goes, you know, I've got his home address. We could just barge in there. And they barge in there, where we learned that the supernatural blonde is not Johan under an alias. Edmund Farron is hanging by a noose. On Friday, the campus is in a dire state over the news, and Carl and Lottie have had a miserable 24 hours with police questioning them after finding the body. All of this. But as the two chat, a pale figure approaches. And Lottie's like, oh, yeah, hey, this is Carl. This is the Friday reader. So he has to introduce himself with, hello there. My name is Johann Liebert. Huge gasp. Uh-huh. I love it. That's such a great uh-huh. move. Oh, yeah. Oh. They, they fucking yeah. like double juke you. It's so good. But here's the thing. Like with that name, wouldn't somebody had connected him to the the killing like 10 whatever years ago? Like, I feel like he was running around with different names because of that. Here's the thing. Anyone who would recognize that name should be dead. Yeah. Because oh, they he just know there was the Liebert murders. <laughs> we, got that Liebert. Gross, we got that gross guy doing cleanup. What is his yeah. name? Roberto. That's yep. it. <laughs> that gross guy, the only person with a Spanish name. Chris Taylor. Taylor. Look. <laughs> Look. Too hairy for me. <laughs> <laughs> God, Roberto, such a, I, I didn't get to talk about him, but he's such a scumbag. Oh, so I, good. He's so yeah. great. I, I still I can't believe were... that like Ava sleeps with him after all that. Like, then again, it's Ava, so. 
Exactly. Ava is in a long process of what we might call bottoming out. <laughs> is that how you want to phrase it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Works on many levels. <laughs> yes. But with that uh. and that cliffhanger, we kick off episode 26, The Secret Woods. We begin in a therapist's office. Dr. Julius Reichwein, I'm going to hopefully guess that I said that right, uh, is talking to uh, patient Richard Braun, the horny divorcee and uh, former alcoholic or recovering alcoholic, let's say. Uh, Braun is a PI uh, who picked up his first case uh, since Reichwein, I'm going to trip on that every fucking time. Uh, After the doctor uh, helped him sober up, Turns out Schuvald is just as suspicious about Farron's death as the cops are and wants Braun to investigate. Uh, oh, yeah. We also mentioned that. Yeah. Reichwein is also basically Wilford Brimley. There's a lot of Wilford Brimleys in this stretch here. This guy is way more Wilford Brimley. He's got the glasses. He's got functioning eyes and he gestures around wildly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either way, Braun isn't buying the suicide angle and Reichwein looks at the kid's photo uh, that Braun shows him and says, well, he doesn't, it says he doesn't look evil in the notes. I think in the subs, he basically said, this is not a guy who would kill himself. He's too nice. Okay. Here's an incredibly stupid thing Braun does repeatedly, which is ask his psychologist, hey, you can get a sense of people from their faces, right? Let me show you yeah. a photo. And the doctor keeps having to go, that's not how any of this works. Uh-huh. <laughs> What was the exact word? We mentioned it earlier. Physiognomy. Yeah. Uh, Sort of like how you had, you know, uh, phlebotomy for the whole measuring of the skull for, ah, this brain lump means you're defective and evil. This is basically looking at your face and going, ah, you don't have faces of one of the mongrel races, so you must be pure and upstanding of character. That's the kind of shit he's asking him to do. Also, it's very clear you're smiling, so you can't be evil. I like the increasing amount that Brown has to butter up the doctor because uh, he gets increasingly more mad every time to the point where he's like, please put leverage your years of experience and tell me what you think of this guy. Yes. And mm-hmm. every time yeah. he's like, I'm not a fucking fortune teller. Yeah. So Brown then goes to talk to his ex-colleagues at the uh, police force because... Uh, we, we find out here that he was kicked off of the force because he killed a uh, serial killer uh, unnecessarily. You <laughs> in part undersell because he was drunk. this. Yeah. They did all the work to hunt this guy down. And when they move in for the arrest, Brown arrived at the raid drunk and emptied a clip into this 16-year-old. Oh, you I know, didn't, I didn't just, catch he was 16? <laughs> Yeah, He's the guy. He's the guy from uh, the flashback. Uh, no, that's the flashback happens in the episode he didn't watch. The oh right, he didn't see that scene. Okay. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. Um. Have you ever seen impact the podcast, Matt? Have you ever seen the Kelly cartoons? You know yeah. the little. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen how he draws teens with the baggy pants and the backwards cap? Yeah. Imagine okay. if that guy pointed a gun at you in a flashback. Okay. okay. There you go. Gotcha. I'm going to have to take a screenshot of that character now just so people understand the Kelly caricature is not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 
I mean, there's a there's a fun little bit here, though, that the guy he's talking to was his subordinate. And now after everything that happened, uh, the guy is just really cold to him and says, you can't, you know, you can't oh, speak to me it, like that. He doesn't give like him like, like a shitty nickname. That'd be like if your boss called you bitch all the time. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, he <laughs> called him like, like, like Martin the Blockhead. Martin the Blockhead. Martin yeah. the blockhead. <laughs> his might as well call him Martin the Idiot. I mean, just your that, boss yeah. calling you that incredible shit. They play around with it a bit in the dub where it's uh, he's calling him Martin the Brick. And later, while he's running away grumbling, he's talking about thick as a brick, Martin. <laughs> this, this whole thing about how this nickname came about. Thick Martin. Yep. <laughs> Another good. Yeah, candidate. no, the, like, Martin the Brick is a much better name than Blockhead because Blockhead just doesn't. It's very well. literal. Blockhead is very good. Drunk guy thinks he's amazing energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Brown was once upon a time good at his job, which was how he was Martin's superior. Yeah, he's he's the, he's the Disco Elysium cop. It's fine. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the only information he gets out of Martin <laughs> is that... He, uh, he even they... has the grin. <laughs> mm. I gotta play that game. Oh, the uh, game is so good. Fun. Oh, well, that's what everyone tells me, which is why I need to play it. If only you had a real computer. It's mm-hmm. okay, it's on Switch now. I don't have a Switch. <laughs> I'm the only guy who doesn't have a Switch. <laughs> All right. I've been, I wait- they... I've, been w- I've been waiting for the Switch Pro for like four years. <laughs> nah, it's never going to happen. <laughs> I know it's going to release the Switch Pro because they continue to sell Switches and all of the software is fine on it. So no, Bayonetta it's not. 2 will never Bayonetta 2 will never well, come out because the Switch Pro will never three. come out. Well, oh yeah, I forgot Bayonetta 2 exists and it's Yeah, horrible. Bayonetta 2 happened. The Wii U was a crisis. Bayonetta 2 I have so a Wii bad. U. <laughs> I'm sorry. How do you have a Wii U and not a Switch? Because Matt well, is because a bad I, person. Because I I told myself that if Nintendo officially releases Earthbound. I'm going to buy a Wii U so I can play it. And I did. That is literally what happened. You literally toxed yourself into buying the worst Nintendo console with an okay JRPG. Yes. At least you can play the good version of Zombie. Because that that That's uh, true. that PC version is very yeah. boring without the uh, map stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what other Wii U games I actually own. Yeah, not very many. <laughs> it's mostly uh, virtual console stuff and Wii. There's stuff. also that other good, that other JRPG with a good battle system, and everything else is so bad about it that even an incredible battle system couldn't carry it for me. Oh, you uh, mean we're talking about Xenoblade a Monolith Two game? No, I was talking <laughs> about the other one, Chronicles uh, X. The, the the good Fire Emblem game. What is that called? There was a good Fire Emblem game on the Wii. No, that was a joke. It was the SMT one. I can't remember the name of. Oh, Devil right, Server? that game's I, hot I have dog no shit. Idea. Which game? Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Oh, yeah. Oh, I play that game. That game has, yeah, has, like, a great battle system and, like, everything else is fucking awful. Unbelievable. Quite so possibly, though, somehow, the worst SMT game. Incredible. Uh, <laughs> that's not true, I will tell you, as someone who has played some of the PC-88 ones, but it's up there. God, like, I just can't believe that a game about pop music and the pop music industry has terrible music i There's can't like two believe good songs on the entire thing i can't believe hyperdimension neptunia had a better idol game than that one which was a triple a release and keep in mind the neptunia idol game was so bad it never left the vita 
<laughs> I was excited until I realized you were spelling it O L. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh man, that's a, those are two very different things, Chris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would actually ever make a. You think they ever make a Simpho Gear game? <laughs> Idle, more uh, like they kind Idle. of did. There uh-huh. was a basically it was Super Robot Wars for girls game, and it had a bunch of Simpho Gear pilots in it. It was Super supposed Robot to be like a Wars mag- is already for girls. No, like they did a magical girl themed one. Hmm. There is there is a certain kind of anime horny that no matter what the gender depicted is, I'm like, this is for women. This is literally just for women to write fanfic about. We're talking about a series that has a lot of Gundam protags, so yes, you're right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As a guy who is uh, first going into a foray of writing fanfic for the podcast network, <laughs> it's definitely a thing. Right. Hey, if you don't listen to Lightning Strikes Thrice, uh, please donate to our Patreon at pitchdrop.cash because it will contribute to Matt having to write fan fiction about the Xenosaga universe. Oh, man, I've already we're started. A, we're at $107 <laughs> right now. Yeah, we're, we're almost halfway there. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so the only information that Braun gets out of his former colleague is that uh, they cleared out of the kid's room and uh, that they left everything in there, but there are people who are going to go clear out the kid's stuff that day so Braun then rushes over to the dorms to investigate and figure out whatever clues before everything you're, just gets cleared out. You're underselling this. He's trying to treat it as a crime scene, and the police are going, it's a suicide, so we haven't locked it off, and everything is going to be shoved in a box today. Yeah, they just bailed. They're like, this isn't a crime. Yep. So, yeah, he has to book it before the movers get in and destroy any potential evidence. Everything seems okay, but there is a book amidst all of his research volumes which stands out, freshly bought and unrelated to all of the other subjects and written entirely in Latin. It has a passage underlined in the middle of it. Brown gets the student next door to translate it for him, and it simply reads, I can no longer continue to deceive. A line which was in Farron's, quote, suicide note, which turns out not to be a suicide note at all. It was literally just his translation in progress. Love to, love to just weird. look at people's desks and make wags. I mean, first of all, the the, the guy in room 203 is hilarious. Like, he's just yes. so put upon, like, get the fuck out of here. I've got well, studying this, to do, and everything's been going crazy. In this case, he is literally being put upon. <laughs> no, yes. yes, yes. But it's very entertaining. But This also, random like, guy who just barges in and makes him do translation work. Yeah, but who underlines just the one line that you just stopped your translation at before you got interrupted? <laughs> like that's so, so you know where to continue. Actually, it's you know fine. what? You know what? I already answered my own question. It was Johan. Johan underlined it on purpose. After after he killed him. Anyway, that's Which what I think happened. Real, anyway, nine thousand IQ play if true. Uh, yeah, we don't have that confirmed yet. I will point out. Yeah, I mean, all we know is that the book is completely untouched by Marx, except for that one underline on that one line. So it does seem a little suspicious that way, because if you're translating, you're marking up your book all all over the place. Did you just call him Marx? (laughs) Yeah, you did. We have Carl and marking up, marking up. (laughs) Carl. (laughs) Give my man a break. He wrote three very long books. Marximus Aurelius. Anyway, it's my favorite isekai <laughs> where Marx goes back in time to try and reform the Holy Roman Empire. 
fuck, that'd be a good <laughs> that'd be a good video game. Look, right? Carl, Mark's gonna solve that. Like, come on, man. The Italians, also workers, give them the land, redistribute the land to them. If you had done it three hundred <laughs> years earlier, it would have been fine. Uh Oh god, I just imagined the Holy Roman Emperor Berlusconi and I hate it. <laughs> flatly denies any mob involvement uh carl would come here oh so we cut to the roof of a campus building and carl arrives to relax and johan is here awaiting for him just doing life-threatening shit to swag on him uh yep Carl would come here regularly to unwind. He loves seeing people arrive home from work and lights coming on like constellations and smelling all the food, just fantasizing about having a family that likes him, uh, which is very funny given what happens later. You already got that, buddy. Yep. Uh, Johan is subtly pumping him for information. Uh, along the way, this is when he, he starts walking along the edge of the roof, eyes closed, which just really freaks Carl out. Just love to flex on this guy. Uh when Carl is done, Johan turns on the white girl. Oh, okay. When Carl is done, <laughs> Johan definitely turns on the white girl tears over his uh, life story. And then yeah. uh, Johan conveniently happens to be around when Lottie is urging Carl to reveal himself to his father. And he has a plan. But we cut back to Brown telling Shuval the news about his investigation. He breaks it down pretty clearly, not mincing words with the man. The kid was not your son. He didn't seem malicious, but nothing he said matched up with his past and history. Nor did he commit suicide. Your life may be in real danger. But Shuvald... So he was already making a play, Farin was, was, to go, Yeah, I'm your long-lost son. And... This has kind of broken the old man. He's like, he's just seen a second loved one slip away. And Brown, he's like, get out of here. Nothing matters anymore. Brown's like, I'm not stopping. You are paying me for this and I'm going to solve this case. I mean, maybe this gets answered later, but I, the thing that confuses me here, the, the one thing in the flashback we saw with Carl's mom is that she gave him some item that would be something that only she would have from Shuvald. And yep. the entire time I'm thinking like, he's going to show that to Shuvald in these episodes, be like, no, I am your real son. Look, here's, here's the thing my mother gave me. And that would have just completely fixed this whole situation of confusion and whatnot. <laughs> However, there's also the dual problem of how did Edward convince Shuvald that he was the son so well when so many people have been trying to swindle Shuvald over the years because he wanted to and whether believe not, it that his real son would love him and not just want his money want because money. you got to remember that appeals to him because he feels right. so guilty that he's paying trying to pay someone just that he knows is a fake so that plays to what he wants to believe and assuages his guilt which is why he uh, goes for it yeah, I think part of the reason why we were so faked out that it wasn't uh, Johan that originally that was considered the other son was because, you know, Johan is so charismatic and does his homework so that he would be able to convince this man when other a lot of other people failed. He would know how to do that. But somehow this other guy, Edward, just kind of figured it out, which is like, just don't be a money hungry dick. I don't know. Well, that seemed like it doesn't quite connect to me. 
Good news. Uh, there's going to be an answer to both of your questions in the episode you didn't finish. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we should also mention that Carl is currently in a state where you, Lottie asks him, why do you not just talk to your father? And he says, I hate that man. He's a greedy, money-hungry bastard who abandoned my mother, who died horribly, and he admits openly he has no concept of human emotion. Everything is numbers on a balance sheet to him. I don't want anything to do with him. I found out he's as miserable as I expected, and I have a real family. So he's not angling for this, and he seems pretty legitimate about not angling for this. It's Lottie mm -hmm. and now Johan who are pushing him into, maybe you should talk to the guy. Maybe, you, like, you've got a way in. Do it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, he said he met with him just to figure out what kind of person he was, and so he's figured it out, but he's still hanging around, so... Well, because he secretly wants it to not be true, right? What if your long-lost dad was actually good? Yeah. What if your dad and actually went out for smokes, and it turns out that, like, he just got waylaid? And then he never came back because your mom died in a massive public murder case. He was the victim in Taken 4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like, I mean, maybe. I I feel like at a certain point, if Carl is that, dis I mean, he I think his words, his actions are conflicting, which I guess is a totally valid thing to be in that particular situation. Because, yeah, you'd think he would do this for a little while, realize this guy's a shitbag and then just be like, fuck off forever. But I guess he still doesn't want to let go of the one piece of family that he has left. Which uh, besides, um, besides his foster family, which he said his current foster family, which he says they're nice, right? Yeah, we see them. Uh, let's just jump ahead a little because you're stepping in a landmine over and over. <laughs> I was very good. I know. <laughs> we, there's a scene where they come to town to visit him. They're like, hey, you're looking healthy. We're going out to Applebee's to eat, blah, blah, blah. And his foster father says, you don't have to call me Mr. Newman. You can just call me dad. We think of you as our son. We're happy to have you. I know you're like kind of here to look for your parents, but know you'll always have a place with us. And he very tearfully is like, yeah, no, I think of both of you as my family. I would never change that. I didn't think that needed to be spelled out. And they all have a big celebration of wine and everything at the you're, table. You're also skipping the part where he agrees to become formally adopted by them. Yeah, well, that's what I meant. He's, yeah, he says, I didn't think that needed to be spoken. And it's just, yeah, everyone laying out on the table. No, we're a big, happy family. Why do you do the paperwork that makes you feel better? But you are my parents. And then, like... We'll get to the aftermath of that, which is just black comedy. I'm sure. Yeah, because nothing good happens to foster parents in this uh, story, right? Uh, you'd be amazed. Meanwhile, yeah. back in the episode we're on, Johan drops the horrible reveal that he works at an orphanage. <laughs> and one of his law papers is working on a pitch for an international bill of children's rights because of how he grew up and had orphanage troubles and he and carl bond a little here blah 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 but now johan has a plan also what do you mean uh teeter's foster parent that worked out for him he became extremely wealthy and got to do his dream job T dieter 
Dieter, Dieter's parent. Matt said nothing good happens to foster parents. That man was living his dream for a while. <laughs> wow. Well, I didn't last. <laughs> I don't know. I think that all guy was... Pl- all of life's pleasures are fleeting, Matt. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Dieter's the children, the children father... only live so long. Dieter's foster father was a Cenobite, right down to the flaming cathedral of hell in the old orphanage. Whatever. Don't tell me that's not your life dream. Fuck off. (laughs) Oh, you're talking to the right woman. I promise. If you gave me some fucking pinhead shit, I would be off this network yesterday Hmm. and this plane of existence. I'm just saying, if you give me a lament configuration, I will be done. I do not care about the consequences. I'm opening that. I am taking the deal. I, I'm i fucking CD head now. I don't know which role they give me. I don't know what's left. I'm there. <laughs> I have to cut that whole thing, don't I? Nope. Yeah, so Johan, though, has a plan. And it's to take Shuvalt to a place that will revitalize him like the uh, three times this dipshit has bankrupted himself. Because apparently that he... That happened. The best so, financier in Germany has just completely cratered three times. Classic rich people shit where if you lose enough money yeah, really. at once, you cannot fail. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah, because you fail forward. <laughs> That's what ends up happening. Uh, gross. Anyway, uh, so Carl and uh, Lottie lock his bodyguard in a bathroom and uh, shuffle the blind man into a car and... Braun has followed the trail to uh, Margot Langer, who lets on that uh, there were two different orphans that were pretending to be uh, Juvalt's son. And uh, so suddenly he has cause to pick up on Carl and Lodi's trail, although he can't arrest them because he's, again, not a cop. But along with this, he catches on that there were two pairs that uh, came to visit Carl came with Lotte, but in Farron's case, he came with Johan. Uh, Farron barely even spoke, his buddy doing all of the heavy lifting. So, there we go. That's how There's he slots in here. There's your supernatural blonde. Mm-hmm. So, the kidnapped kids bring Shuvalt to a uh, lake that he loved in a forest. Unfortunately, it is now a construction site. Uh, Carl's about to tell the blind man the truth. Uh, and this is like a really good scene because he's like you know you have a blind man here being like can you see the lake the dub yes, here is you, so good lake. because Car- carl says it's a construction site and you all just kind of ignores that because uh-huh. carl just says it then johan rolls up and then she like forget about what carl said this is what i want to hear yeah yeah he's like oh i can't hear the wrens you know the flying or you know singing their songs uh then johan arrives picks up quote-unquote an apple from the ground and gaslights the old man into seeing the sights of his youth. And Carl looks a little horrified watching how effective this is. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, the dialogue is so good. The description, incredible. Yeah, he's just straight up describing, you know, the the leaves looking like a wave of flame catching as autumn starts to turn them red. And the sound of things, the sea air, not the sea air, the air off the lake giving a cool breeze and all this is being described as you look over a ridge and see the skeleton of a fucking mini mall just 
in the distance, but the old man is believing, yes, I can hear it now, and we're seeing what he wants to believe is there, and it's this lovely vista. And then we just cut from that to Carl doing the most wah face. Mm-hmm. I mean, it again, it ties into how much Shuvalt just wants to believe good things right now, so it makes perfect sense. But it's also just yep. super well done. And that takes us into episode 27, Pieces of Evidence, which opens with Brown meeting his ex-wife at a pub, which, uh, why would you meet here? Lots of other places sell coffee, my guy. Um, He's trying to make the case that maybe he can see their kid again, and his wife's like, I'll let her decide. She leaves before him, but he has uh, some serious, like, alcoholic, what about a drink vibes as he watches the patrons at the bar. Doesn't get one for himself and gets a coffee for the road. Um, his desire for a drink is really good. Like, really well done. Uh, good shit. Don't necessarily need to continue to talk about it unless anyone else wants to. Yeah, I was just going to drop the line unless we really want to investigate. Uh, as a recovering alcoholic, very solid work on everything involving that in this episode. And unless we want to go real dark, that's all I'll say. Yeah. Uh Then we get to the scene that Matt didn't see, which is his flashback at the crosswalk. Um, Well, right after being tempted, he continues to think about the thing that um, drove him further into it and made him recover, which is uh, him seeing the guy he shot across the street. Uh, Really well done. Uh, Matt will tell you about it next time, I guess. Um, (laughs) And there's a series of scenes that's absolutely heartbreaking because it starts off with him telling his um, psychologist hey I might get to see my daughter again and slowly transitions into him telling everybody he will so um, that's actually a change the fan subs make I was really watching this one no 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 in the dub and in the manga he's not he's being way more tempered about it it's like I might get to the fan sub keeps turning it into I'm going to and he's got well, way more brimming optimism. There's a there's a shift about halfway through because it starts off with I might and then it shifts to I will as he tells more people about it, which I'm I think saying is that interesting. I don't, I get only what you're the saying. fan sub does that. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying I prefer yeah. it. Okay. Because it lends more emotional credence to when Brown is at the uh, pub again with his ex-wife again and she says, Roseberry doesn't want to see you anymore. And also, I got to go. Peace. And um, and then he orders a whiskey, but does leave before drinking it. Uh, this, I mentioned a couple episodes ago that most of the episodes of this show are adapting two chapters of manga. The halfway point on this one is the most jarring shift we've seen yet because none of Brown is going to come up again in this episode, and we're going to shift completely to Carl and Johan now. <laughs> it's the most divided halves of the episodes. Carl continues to be Shuvald's Tuesday reader, and the old man is coming out of his shell a bit. It's some time has passed, I think. They let on that it's like a few weeks later at this point in one line. Um... He praises the boy. He says, you know, your Latin's getting a lot better. And remember, he was praising him on this before, but now he says, you're practically perfect. And he goes, well, it's because I got a tutor. I started talking with your Friday reader, Johan. 
And Shuvol mm-hmm. is not surprised. Oh, the, that boy is a master of law and business. Everything he sets his mind to, he's perfect at. Uh, the fan sub, for some reason, has the blind man say Johan even has a perfect face? That's fucked up. Yeah, because the... <laughs> He's like, hey, come in. The implication is she was like, hey, come in here so I can fill your face up real quick. Yeah, nowhere else does that happen. I don't know what they picked that up from. Uh, and so there's conversations that keep happening during these tutorials. These tutorials. I guess that is technically a tutorial when a tutor is giving you instruction. <laughs> Johan goes on game <laughs> the FAQs. Literal definition. To... In fact. Yeah, I just realized. Oh, that's <laughs> what that word comes from. Hmm. <laughs> to, to be tutorized. Yeah. Johan and Carl are on game FAQs for Latin, and it turns out that Johan is urging him, look, man, tell your dad. But he's also pressing him on, you know, I bet you're real about this. You've probably got something that could prove to your dad who you are. And Carl was like, all of this pushing is making him back against a wall. He's like, no, I don't want him. I've got a family. I don't need to be this guy's, and he's just going to think I'm some monster out for his money. But you are a buddy of mine. You're like, you've been good to me. And so he pulls out the object from the flashback, which is he had a rabbit's foot his mother gave him, which belonged to Shuvald. So good. Love to give my child a non, like a fungible object to prove their identity. Yeah, something that could rot easily. <laughs> but like, not even like unique, right? Like interchangeable with almost every other rabbit's foot. Yeah. And, um, Johan goes from here and says, look, you know, hey, Carl, how about you leave that with me, just so you're not tempted to whip it out around the old man when you... Because he says, yeah, I think I'm going to quit being his reader. I I got what I wanted. I met the guy. I don't need to keep hanging around him anymore. I'm not getting anything out of this. I mean, you are getting paid, but whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Way to undervalue your labor, Carl. And then we have the scene where his parents come to town. They go to Chili's, blah, blah, blah. Chili's uh, doesn't sell wine. Fuck off. I keep talk- calling it a different chain restaurant every time We're as a talking joke. About, I called this it- is at least a Perkins because they have wine. I called it Applebee's before and you weren't mad. <laughs> Applebee's is a bar. Applebee's does have a bar. Club does Applebee's. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Do you not know Club Applebee's? No, because I haven't been to an Applebee's because they're ass. Okay. They're not good. In, <laughs> in the South east i think it's maybe just florida and like a little surrounding area after dark from i think 10 p.m to 2 a.m applebee's turns their places into club applebee's puts all the tables aside turns on black lights has a dj and it is the most redneck nightclub shit imaginable they have a special website for it where you can see photos of what these look like it's Everything you're imagining. Imagine if a bowling alley came to life and got wasted with you and started pretending that it was your father. That's what Club Applebee's looks like. That's the most fucking Florida thing I've ever heard. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Goddamn. Uh, It's really wild. I'm putting this in the show notes just so anyone can see this because it's amazing. This is, this is the first I've heard of this. Uh, I but... thought this was more commonly known. I guess it's because I got southern roots. 
Well, I, I guess uh, I'm going to Florida for a wedding in October, and I might have to track this down just to see what this shit Patreon, looks Patreon like. Patreon bonus content, Matt's visit to Club Applebee's on a live stream. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. I like how <laughs> that would be something. Do I like it. how all of our Patreon goals right now are just making Matt do horrible things. Well, look, look like someone's got to fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I edit bonus episodes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Look, I fucking L- edit LST, and that is a motherfucker. Yeah, you Chris, actually you know. put in work. Fuck you! <laughs> I know. Fuck you! I spent 30 hours in rating. It only cleared six. 30 hours of rating last week got me one episode of content because of how hard the content is in Final Fantasy XIV. And you tell me I waste my life. Oh, but it was fun, though. <laughs> 30 hours for only one episode. What am I doing with myself? Yeah, that's great. Look, no one else knows what these mechanics are like because no one does this. Uh, Everyone just runs it on sync. No one listening will know what the mechanics are. So there's a climactic scene after he, you know, accepts his foster family. (laughs) Anyhow, Shuvald calls him up because he hears, hey, I hear you're thinking of leaving the job. Can you do one last reading for me? Uh, Carl picks up one of the books and he just starts getting emotional as he's doing this segment. And that is when Shuval just comes in the door. Like, while he's still on the phone. What? How did you do that? And the old man is just like, I'm a fucking rich guy. You think I don't have a cell phone in 1996? So he says, yeah, I know you are my son. And he holds out the rabbit's foot. He's like, yeah, Johan showed this to me. You didn't want to tell me, but... I want to have you in my life. I want to call you son. I'm glad that you were real and survived and became a wonderful young man. Ed Carl calls him father. The double daddening has commenced. And this so is sick where of sad dad animes. And this is where he reveals that, you know, for for how solid of a young man he is and how excellent and professional he is. Johan is also going to be moving out of a reader role to become Shuvald's new secretary. And that is where we leave off on a chilling shot of Johan pushing the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. With that done, any thoughts? Yeah, what did you think about these episodes, Matt? <laughs> they're pretty good when you watch them at one and a half times speed, but I'm sure they're going to be even better at normal mm. speed. For everybody Matt else turning the microphone around on himself, giving a peace sign. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were good. Well, like, the episodes that I, the, the parts that I got to see were really good. <laughs> All these emotional oh. moments really, like, this really, is, this is, really land at fifty percent increased speed. Like this is uh, th- this is all Chris's fault because uh, he didn't tell me I I could stop taking notes about G Gundam last night. So I I was up to like almost midnight just catching up on those it's until Chris's he told me, "Oh, we're not doing put, it." It's Chris's fault that I put something else off to the last minute. <laughs> I totally forgot I had to take notes. I totally I told forgot you like that five I was five times over the last month. Fuck off, idiot! I know, and then life happened. <laughs> And yet, I you thought can't your people were supposed to be good at like fucking just keeping track of stuff. What happened? This is an accounting, Chris. <laughs> I, look, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> well, you, you basically did. <laughs> uh, zing. Anyway, thanks to Matt yeah. Liebert, the new secretary. <laughs> secretary, excuse me. 
they were good episodes. They were not the best episodes, unfortunately. We are in yeah, the I middle of an arc. Yeah, I would say the last arc was much we're, stronger, we're, for sure. We're like, it feels like the first 25% of an arc, just because of how long the cut segments are back and forth. It feels so, like things aren't moving just because the individual scenes are so long. Well, also, like, Tenma's not here at all, right? Who gives like, a fuck nope. about Tenma? Tenma's well, not the, the main character. That's the whole character. point of the thing. That's, like, I, I still I mean, kind of consider is. him, like, the main character. <laughs> it just Tenma feels like definitely like, the protagonist. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's not the main character. Johan is definitely the main character. This whole show is just but, a character study about Johan, and Tenma this, is just the lens it's given through. Here's the thing. This is also the first story that has focused on Johan and not just have yeah. him as a side aspect. Yeah. I, I kind of like him better when he's sort of hiding off in the shadows and people are chasing him rather than him being upfront and, and present, honestly. Him and his stupid fucking turtleneck. <laughs> he does know, look he like Archer from season one. No, he looks like <laughs> shitty Steve Jobs. Fuck off. You got that dumbass just... turtleneck? Johan would absolutely say a tactical turtleneck in that outfit. Look, Johan definitely Ooh. drinks juice instead of going to the doctor. Look at him. Well, yes, he's fucking paler than I am as a blonde. I'm ginger. We have 25% less melanin by body weight, and this guy rivals me. Oh, that's where you go silent? Oh, sorry, I was petting my cat. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but we're we're halfway through this. We'll be back in two weeks with the conclusion to this arc with episodes 28 and 30 and some real dark shit. Peace out, Good fuckers. Luck. See ya. Bye. Man. This motherfucker right here playing with his pussy on podcast.